Hello, crime lovers, and welcome to Crime on Tap. I'm Megan, joined by my co-host, Sean. And welcome to our true crime podcast. Join us weekly as we drink our favorite cocktails and discuss gruesome murders, kidnappings, conspiracies, and more. Share the podcast with your friends, family, and heck, your grandma. Leave a review and make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Crime on Tap Pod. Tune in for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Whether you're driving to work or doing laundry, Crime on Tap will be sure to fulfill your true crime fix each week. And now, buckle up for this week's episode. Listen and enjoy. Oh, welcome back. Oh, oh my God. Hello. 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 <laughs> hello. Hello. How y'all doing? <laughs> oh, boy. We are here on a lovely Thursday afternoon, grinding our way through this episode, trying to push something out for you guys on Monday. I don't and think by we... afternoon, you mean it's 8 16 p.m. <laughs> Oh my god, it's been a week. Literally, it's just been nonstop every single day. I'm mm-hmm. so tired. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Is that why you're going to retire from tennis? Uh, yeah. yeah, did you see that in the chat? I did see that. <laughs> I thought I could handle it, like, you know, adding another thing to my schedule. I mean, I can, I'll can. i definitely play like a match or two a week, but like I'm not playing like every day here. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to make friends anymore. I'm not trying to meet people. I'm done. I'm telling you right now. I'm having my fun this weekend. The rest of the fall will come winter. Nobody asked me to do anything. I'm not doing nothing with none of y'all. I'm hibernating. I'm relaxing. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. So don't ask me to do anything. <laughs> that is how Sean Bissonnette is every winter. He goes into hibernation like a bear. My winter depression will set in and y'all will barely hear from me. Mm-hmm. I'll be doing my own thing. Sleeping. <laughs> Relaxing. For four months. Yeah, for four months. <laughs> but you guys have me now. So welcome back to Crime yeah. on Tap. <laughs> I want to say, Megan, I don't think we have missed an upload. We haven't, despite every time the universe has worked against us. Right? Like, I feel like some of these weeks, like definitely this week, it was a struggle. But um, we're here. We're recording. But every, I mean, honestly, every single week since we started, we have put out a podcast. So props to us. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's plenty of things where people like fall off the wagon and then it's so hard to like get back into the groove. Yeah, and, which but... so much has happened. <laughs> like I've moved, I've gotten a new job, like all these things have happened and we still manage to get these things out. So guys, there are no excuses. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Megan worked till 7 p.m. today, got home, got on the podcast and is here recording. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I had a bacon... Caesar salad kit for dinner. It took me 30 seconds to make and three minutes to eat. Oh, that's my kind of dinner, though. Mm-hmm. It's easy and, like, it had little bacon bits. So there's my protein. <laughs> well, I honestly don't know how my mom did it growing up. Like, she'd come home from eight-hour day of work, and she would be cooking up meatloaf. She'd be throwing chicken on the grill. She'd be making uh, shepherd's pie. And I'm like, I have meal pre- meal prepped for the entire week. And Mm -hmm. I'm having the same dinner every single night because I'm too damn lazy to cook anything. 
Right. Like, it's too hard. It's too difficult. Or to even think of something and then to, like, get the ingredients. Yes. And it sounds like we're an ad for HelloFresh, but HelloFresh <laughs> has not sponsored us. We're just complaining. Yeah, if you guys are not aware, our only sponsor is Anchor, so you'll be hearing from them a little bit later on. <laughs> and I have to say, those meal prep services, I Nick and I have tried HelloFresh, and mm-hmm. it just it goes bad so fast. Yes. And it's either too much food or not enough food. Yeah. And it's just, it's really not worth it. Just like get fucking TV dinners at that point. Yeah. It really does sound convenient in the beginning, but... Like, some nights you just don't want to come home and cook. Like, they do. You got to put effort into cooking these things. Right. You yeah. Dice you up all the vegetables. Them. Like, it's like effort. And then, like, on Tuesday or Wednesday, like, you just don't want to cook. But by the time you eat that meal, like, come Saturday, all the vegetables have gone bad. So, like, exactly. you miss one night, those vegetables are going bad. <laughs> Well, and then also something I noticed is that every single, it doesn't matter if it made sense or not, every single meal had like lime zest or <laughs> lime squirts or whatever. It's like lime doesn't make sense in this, but it's their like little logo. So yeah, you got to add it on top. Garnish. Yeah. It'll look garnish. Or we realize like literally we eat the food. It took us an hour to make it and we're like, all right, we're still hungry. So yeah. what are we going to eat now? <laughs> right. Cause like the low calorie meals, it's not like, Oh, this is like low calorie food, but there's a lot of it and it's rich and filling. It's like, no, it's like normal food, but there's just a tiny pea. Like it. we're in Europe. <laughs> like right. portions. <laughs> right. We're Americans. We have triple portions. Exactly. We have the big gulp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, we thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of Crime on Tap. Be sure to share the podcast with your family and friends. It really does help us with the algorithm boost to get the podcast out to more people. Be sure to follow us on all social medias, which is Instagram at Crime on Tap Pod. Share with your friends and family. <laughs> Worship us. <laughs> Be sure to listen to us on all the major streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, the other ones. And, oh, what are you drinking? Oh, yes. That's what we do here on Crime on Tap. I think you've seen me taking a couple sips already. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like being a little healthy queen nowadays. I'm trying to like not drink as much coffee because Mm -hmm. I've I've noticed definitely when I worked for myself, I would, I could down at least four or five cups of coffee a day. Oh yeah, same. Just because I think I was like, I was bored and I would drink it so fast and then i was like oh i can drink another one here get another one so i'm trying to like tone it back on coffee and try to do like one cup in the morning and that's it and then what i've been doing is instead of buying because i love green tea i think green tea is so refreshing if i'm thirsty i crave like ice green tea don't know why love it but i think it's like the best thirst quencher my favorite anyways but i don't like buying like the pre-made green tea or like the pre-made cold brew coffee because mm-hmm. it's so overpriced it's so expensive waste of money oh yeah so my mom got me a little like diffuser thing you know how you put like cucumbers and like cute lemons and stuff in it oh yeah i've seen those yeah yeah instead of doing that i just bought like i think it's dragon fruit hibiscus tea bags and i put them in the center and then i just filled up with water and i make my own flavored green tea and it tastes just like it's from the bottle for so much cheaper so that's what i'm drinking tonight a nice iced glass of hibiscus green tea oh yum thirst quenched quenched healthy 
skinny. <laughs> a little healthy queen. <laughs> Health queen over here. But yes, that's what I'm drinking, Megan. So what are you drinking? So um, I, like you, I haven't been trying to cut back on coffee. I've been trying to cut back on Alki. <laughs> oh, hopefully not this weekend. Oh, no. That's why I'm like, I'm going ham this weekend. So I wasn't going to drink anything tonight in preparation mm-hmm. for our Labor Day weekend camping annual extravaganza yeah this is our second year it's becoming a tradition so mm-hmm. hopefully by time we all have kids uh we'll still be doing this <laughs> yeah and we'll bring the little kitties and then they'll punch each other and do whatever kids do it right oh it's gonna be so much fun <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> oh yeah what but, are you drinking oh yeah so i lost my turn of thought so i'm drinking more seltzer we're like old men drinking our polar seltzers i'm sorry but it, it's so tasty i'm Does sorry it slap? i like it it slaps so this there was a at the supermarket a sale of three for ten dollars like three of the huge oh the 12 packs the 12 packs and so i got three different flavors i got pomegranate orange vanilla and oh raspberry lime Ooh, that's good so right i've had them all but right now orange vanilla it tastes like uh those dreamsicles (gasps) oh i know what you're talking about and so that one's my favorite right now. So I have like three a night. I'm like, ooh, I'm like I'm like, ooh, man, I need to crack a cold one. I need, I need my polar seltzer. You know what we should do? Ooh, is like crack one open, have a big gulp, and then fill it up with like Tito's or something. Ooh, why are you doing that? Right? I'm trying that to be better. That sounds so good. Oh, so yeah, I gotta try orange vanilla with vodka definitely because this one right now is my favorite flavor. Out that of sounds so good with some tried. vodka. I might have to stop and get some. Mm-hmm. I don't have any Tito's. Megan, if you have nothing left mm-hmm. to say, how about we get right into the podcast? Oh, how about we get right into the potty? No! <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I don't want to jump in the pool. Alrighty. So this week, this was a personal request of mine, and I'm shocked, Megan. I'm kind of disappointed in you. As a true crime lover, you were pretty ignorant on the Golden State Killer. I know. I really am. Like, I, well, I, we talked about this a little bit before we started, but he has so many different names for, like, each <laughs> district that he lived in. Like, I feel like I know bits and pieces, but I don't know the whole picture. Like, yeah. I know when he was here, like, the Night Stalker. I know who the Night Stalker is. Yeah, like, well, um, it gets confusing because there was like two Night Stalkers. Well, he is called the original Night Stalker. Yeah, we'll get into that. But it's just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I understand because even like, I'm going to bring up like two or three different names, but there's more. There's more names mm-hmm. as to what this guy was called back in the day. So he, everywhere he moved, he did his crimes. Right. Yeah. So guys, this week we're going to be discussing the Golden State Killer, which has recently been in the news because not only did this crime happen back in the 70s, and 80s but the perpetrator and he was just sentenced i believe in 2020 because there's photos of him that he looks like literally looks like voldemort wearing a mask (laughs) it looks like his face is like dripping off and his mouth is always open like the crimes are spanning like decades like all the way back from the 70s so this guy is old yeah yeah and of course he has three names like all of them just saying yep oh i only did his first and last i forgot about the other one oh it's uh, am I allowed to say it or are we going to reveal it? Oh, yeah, you can reveal his name. Okay. Joseph James D'Angelo. D'Angelo. I love that last name. Well, not anymore. <laughs> well, he's got a couple daughters. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Alrighty. So 
the Golden State Killer. I'm going to be just giving a little brief overview because I feel like most people know about the Golden State Killer. And I feel like there's just so many crime podcasts about it. So, but I feel like there's not many that have the updated info because it is pretty Mm -hmm. recent. You know what I'm saying? So the Golden State Killer, Joseph D'Angelo, he was unknown at the time of his crimes back in the 70s and 80s. Um, He was a serial rapist turned into a serial killer. So in the beginning of his career, (laughs) career as a criminal, I know you're saying like, you know, he's a songwriter or something. But like really like in his world, like, like in the beginning of his career, basically, because he's been doing this. He got away with it longer than working full time. <laughs> you might have to run that by me again. What? Oh, like he was elusive and like not caught in the crimes he did for like over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he only worked for 27. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so he was, you know, running from the popo for 30 plus years. Longer, He had a longer career hiding from the police than actually working full time. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So he was a former police officer um, in two different Northern California communities between the years of 1973 and 1979. So it's funny that we have this serial killer, serial rapist, who was also a police officer. Isn't that just so funny? Well, don't they say, isn't it like the top five professions of serial killers? And like one of them is police officer. The other is like surgeon. Oh, really? And like, yeah, let me see if I can find that list. You keep talking and I'll try to okay. find that list. So funny enough, Mr. Joseph left the police force in 1979 because he was caught shoplifting a hammer and dog repellent. Is that not bizarre? Why is he shoplifting a hammer and dog repellent? Probably because it was for his crimes and he doesn't want it traced back Mm -hmm. that he bought them. Hmm. So there's no proof that shows he used a hammer and dog repellent in his acts but um i'm sure he was um alluding to something mm-hmm. he was gonna do you know i mean he got away with it for so long he was a smart guy he's probably like well i better not use this in a murder case because they know i stole it or tried right? to like and he probably didn't want to purchase it like over the counter because there might be a paper trail right. so that's why he was trying to steal it so he also mr joseph served in vietnam also in the navy he once was engaged to a woman named bonnie who he loved but ultimately it did not work out and later on in his career as a criminal one of his rape victims recalls him screaming out and crying her name bonnie when she was being raped oh jesus christ so there was some feelings there that he had for bonnie that he still felt even when they worked together do you have that stat for us oh yes so the top according to oxford university which Mm -hmm. i think is the one i know number one ceo number two lawyer Three, media personality. Four, salesperson. (laughs) Five, surgeon. Six, journalist. Seven, police officer. Eight, religious official. Nine, chef. And then number 10 is miscellaneous civil servant. So military, city council, corrections, etc. It seems like anybody with any kind of power is a perpetrator. That is, I would right? say that's a, a really good Cause like, observation. Yeah, like a salesperson, you're trying to make a sale. So, mm-hmm. I don't you know. You kind of have to have that <laughs> manipulative personality. And the yeah. same with like a media personality, you have to like manipulate your audience into liking Exactly. You know? Yeah, so I feel like it's pretty fitting for Mr. Joseph to maybe be the pioneer of police officers gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what <laughs> an, an amazing badge of honor. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening to this and he's going to be laughing his ass off. In prison? (laughs) You know what? They got so much privilege in prison these days. I'm sure he's listening. (laughs) 
I'm sure he's got his own cell because if he didn't have his own cell, he probably would be killed by now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny how Mr. Epstein can get murdered in prison, but Joseph D'Angelo can't. But he mm. hung himself. Well, that's what they say. <laughs> Alrighty, so moving on from when Joseph was with his female friend, Bonnie, um, that didn't work out. He then married a woman. Don't know her name. Don't ask me. Oh, yeah. So he married a woman, his wife, and they had three daughters. Um, Oh, yeah. Her name is Sharon Marie Huddle. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure she was a lawyer. Wow, okay. So good for her. Wow. I mean, she didn't pick the right one. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't see that coming. <laughs> Come on. Intuition girl. Yeah, she she was a lawyer. So she was also one of the <laughs> professions of a serial killer. So <laughs> Ponder that, people. Well, she fit right in, I guess. They later divorced. They didn't work out either. So basically, he was a loner. And after he left the police force, well, after that he left, he kind of got um, fired. He worked as a supermarket distribution mechanic for 27 years. And then he retired in 2017. He got caught in 2018. But we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> but isn't that funny? He retired in 2017, gets caught for all of his crimes that he committed 30 years ago, a mm-hmm. year after he retires. Now you're chilling in prison bud he doesn't get to golf in florida (laughs) right he didn't get to be a snowbird yeah (laughs) well he's in cali so i guess he doesn't even know well northern california don't they get snow yeah yeah definitely Yeah, because the you can ski on um Topeka. What is that? It starts with a T. Topeka. Tahoe. Oh yeah, like Tahoe. Yeah, isn't that where you ski, Tahoe? I think so. I think it's like really pretty there. I don't like, know. Never p- been. It's really picturesque. Alrighty, back to the murders. All yeah. right. <laughs> so now let's get into Joseph's crimes and what he did and like the timeline of events here. Mm-hmm. So Joseph D'Angelo was coined in the beginning. His first name was the east area rapist which he committed most of his rapes in northern california so in the beginning he was a serial rapist he wasn't killing people yet there was definitely instances where he things came and he almost killed people but they got away Mm -hmm. (laughs) survived so good for them but like his initial crime spree started as just rapings and that started between 1976 and 1979 so for three years he committed more than 40 rapes in northern california and he was coined the east area rapist god that seems like a full-time job for it i mean christ he yeah. really was just like i don't know like <gasps> speed running I don't yeah know. and there's quotes that i have from police officers saying the the fear in the community was like something they had never seen before people were afraid wherever they went also at this time they were i mean women were just terrified mm-hmm. in northern california at this point in time the late 70s they were changing locks in their doors boarding up their windows people were straight up terrified of this man the east area rapist and i just don't understand how you get away get away with 40 rapes how do you do that that's what i was just thinking i was like i can't imagine not only the fear but the frustration in the community of like 40 of our women were brutalized and you can't figure it out like yeah like uh, like how what what it, do you what need what do you need what could you possibly need there's got to be some evidence 
were like left either dna well there was dna left but like blood there's got to be something there's got to be like you know when the women could be clawing to like try to get away there could be dna under their fingernails there's got to be something i just don't understand how he did this 40 times and he didn't get caught well and i feel like in the 70s i feel like police work has evolved so much just because of more experience but i feel like did anyone know what how to even solve a crime <laughs> You know what? If this would have happened in Colorado, would have been solved. Mm-hmm. That police force. Oh my god! They they really like in seventy two hours, like right? He was locked up. I, exactly after nineteen seventy nine, the rapes stopped. Everything stopped. The East Area rapists had left the scene, and now he was down in Southern California, causing the rest of his havoc. <laughs> well, just just like that too. Like, oh, this guy in the community—he just moved and it, everything stopped. What a coincidence! Yeah, what a coincidence! <laughs> like, maybe check see who just left, who's not receiving mail or something. Anymore. Like, I don't know. Figure it out. Like, I don't know why it's so difficult. <laughs> I feel like I could be a detective. Yeah. Like everyone's like, you don't know how hard it is. I'm like, mm, I feel like I'd be that. <laughs> I feel like I could do it pretty easily yeah, yeah. without any training. So when he moved down to Southern California, there was a bit of confusion between his crimes and another person's crimes. So from 1979 to 1986 is when our boy, Joseph D'Angelo, was doing his crimes. He was raping he was also killing at the time and there was confusion between crimes at this point because there was also a man from 1984 to 1985 who was coined the night stalker now he killed 10 people so also at this time joseph was also committing crimes but they thought that the night stalker was committing all these crimes oh lucky for joseph (laughs) so lucky for joseph he was kind of hiding in the midst of this other man who was committing crimes at the time as well and there's reports showing that even joseph was kind of trying to mimic his crimes so they looked like the other night stalker's crimes So by 2001, DNA revealed that the rapes and murders that had been committed um, back in Northern California and back in Southern California were connected to the same person. So that's why they coined the East Area Rapist, the original Night Stalker. And then there's also the other Night Stalker who committed crimes for only one year. And he got caught, like, easily. So that's why it gets a little bit confusing. So that is why we have the wonderful Michelle McNamara, who was a journalist at the time. And she labeled (laughs) Mr. Joseph the Golden State Killer. Because it was, like, too confusing. Finally, they've connected the dots and they have determined that everything that happened in Northern California, things that are happening in Southern California, are all just the same person. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I want to interject and say that the Night Stalker that was caught after only a year, his name was Richard Ramirez. Yes. But yeah, so it's crazy to see because Joseph stopped committing crimes in 1986. It took until 2001 for those crimes to be even connected to his earlier crimes he did in the mid-70s. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that really is. It's embarrassing for freaking the force, yeah. I guess. It took over 15 years for them to connect the dots, which, that's sad. But Joseph was smart. <laughs> he was very smart. I mean, you have to be smart in order to get away with what he did. So when he was committing his crimes in Southern California, 
he was smart in the way that he would commit them in different jurisdictions. So when the crimes would happen, the bodies would be left. Whatever town's police force would come investigate, clean up the crime scene, report it, and just kind of move on. So it is said that it took them some time to connect the dots between police forces because of the different jurisdictions they were in mm-hmm. which is also like a flaw why like why is that happening like i feel like we see in tv shows and movies that it's always like it's so hard to get information from the other department and everything and he probably knew that because of his yeah. short time as a police officer right yeah i'm sure he knew the ins and outs he knew he knew how like the like logistics of like the reports stuff were so he knew how to get around that mm-hmm. which isn't it's so mind-boggling that it took this long to figure out who the fuck this guy was after everything that he did you know it wasn't just like one two thing you know yeah it was dozens like, and dozens a crazy amount of things that he did so what he did was in the beginning it was just like kind of like a funsy kind of thing like he would like burglarize homes he would rape the women he would steal what they say was small trophies from the homes so he would also steal personal belongings like photos picture frames he would go through the women's underwear drawers just like things like that and then it became more serious where he would start committing murder is like the thrill he he was no longer satiated like his yeah he had to up the thrill right so he would start in the beginning of his career in crime he initially started attacking young girls so usually around the age of 13 and i think for him that was more of like let me see let me start with like an easy target Mm -hmm. rather than a mature woman in her 20s or 30s who could probably fight back let me attack probably more wary of strangers and just have more knowledge of how the world works yeah where (laughs) he could literally just go to the 13 year old handle her probably pretty easily and tell her if you tell anybody about this i'll kill your entire family like of course she's gonna be scared shitless right so that was in the beginning he would attack and i think he was just like like practice this was practice for what he was going to do in the in the future by 1977 so only like a couple years into his crime spree he started attacking couples now he thoroughly enjoyed attacking couples which was really fucked up there's very primarily he attacked couples there's not many accounts of him attacking just solo women which is so strange because that's such a safer like avenue right like, if there's a, there's two people like you could be focusing on one someone sneaks up on you and yeah which i mean it is just it is kind of remarkable how he did like he's going into these homes and he's not only like taking down like the alpha man especially back in the 70s like you know the man's like protecting the household and you know like mm-hmm. that kind of like mentality mm-hmm. he's going into these houses manhandling these men's hog tying them tying them up raping their wives and then killing them both and he's he's doing this over and over again so one of the interesting tactics that he used which i discovered and learned after researching this is is actually a tactic used by most people who burglarize they set up little booby traps and traps and like warning signs to let them know if anybody's coming so what he would do is that he would scope out his targets he would learn their routines learn their schedules i mean naturally i mean you can't do this without 
having some kind of strategy before going into it. You can't just sporadically start finding a home and just going into it and yeah. trying to kill. Those are the dumbos that don't even get past the front door. Yeah. <laughs> he would go into these homes and first he would basically knock out the man. He would then tie him up, hog tie him, and he wouldn't kill him. He would place plates, bowls, anything breakable on their backs. And he would tell them if he would hear any rattling or if anything broke, I mean, one, he would know that they're coming, that they got out of their like hog tie. And mm-hmm. it's just a good warning sign for him to know like, oh shit, someone's coming. I'm going to be prepared to kill him. Two, it was a scare tactic to tell him if I hear anything, I'm going to kill you. So he would enjoy doing this because he would know that the husband was awake and alive and could hear their wives being raped. God, he's a fucking monster. Yeah. So, I mean, for him, it was not only just the thrill of, like, raping the woman. It was, you know, him knowing that the husband could hear. Mm-hmm. It makes me think that he had, like, this, this like, tiny man issue where he felt like he needed to take power away from another man sort of thing. And maybe he he didn't feel masculine enough and he didn't feel powerful enough. And they say that about rape too, that it's not about, you know, the sexual thing. I mean, I guess in some ways, but it's not, it's more about exerting power over somebody. Which I feel like that's why the list you gave off, it feels a lot of them exert power. Maybe they're not getting their power for the day. So they need to rape or something. I don't know. Like they either have power in their job or like their job gives them status. Or, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's also a very good point because he would also sometimes have the female victims tie up their own husbands. So he would force them to tie their own their own husbands where he would then place plates and bowls and stuff on their back Mm -hmm. so i think that was more that was also a power move as well yeah like look what i can make your wife do or yeah you know to like make himself feel more masculine to like what's the word demasculine what's that there's a word for that emasculating oh emasculating yeah emasculate like the husbands okay so most of the times joseph would also perform these acts while wearing a ski mask which i feel like he would have to because otherwise he'd be caught right yeah like if something went wrong because i mean i feel like there are some killers that are like, well, I'm going to kill them. They're never going to see my face and then get away. Yeah. He's just being cautious. And there's so many police sketches. And I was looking through them and there's this one police sketch. And it's just like a white man in the ski mask. And I'm like, <laughs> how helpful is this? <laughs> this is why really? he's been, he got away with it for over three decades. I feel like none of them really look like him. None of them look like him and none of them look the same either. I just don't understand how these women identified him. Like, how do they give information about what he looked like? Because every sketch looks different. Yeah. Well, and also I feel like there's artist interpretation. Yeah. Okay, so he was arrested in 2018. Okay, so we know the DNA that was used to convict him to find out who it was, was called, it was by harnessing genetic technology. So it's like, I feel like it started this kind of, that made people nervous about, everyone was doing like 23andMe, like, oh, Ancestry.com, and they're like, you don't know how they're using your DNA. And I feel like a lot of it actually came from this because they used the family tree genealogy to find it and so there was like this whole thing that came up of should d should there be a thing called dna privacy yeah like should people consent to should it be held up in court of 
DNA of someone else connecting you to this. Like you didn't, I don't know. I guess the argument is kind of like it's cheating. Is it respectful and lawful to use someone else's DNA to catch someone else? Mm -hmm. Is it even reliable? Yeah. Too. Which I don't know because I just don't understand why it took till. Well, I guess I can understand, but also I can't at the same time. I just I don't understand where they got the DNA because it it said they linked it to the D'Angelo family, right? Like they linked that DNA that they had because they created some genetic profile of this Mm -hmm. DNA of this Golden State Killer. And somehow it started matching up with the gene of the D'Angelo family. Right. And it was actually, it was conducted without a warrant. So they didn't have a warrant, but they went to two DNA companies that we had like talked about it was ged match and mm-hmm. family tree dna so it's like is like an ancestry.com so the police just said hey can we have your records yeah pretty much and they didn't need a warrant for it because they willingly gave it to them hmm. and so it's like was it used right and so then they used the dna of the d'angelo family to then be like this person was here at this time this year and then yeah yeah i'm kind of like split down the middle on it I think it's kind of fucked that they can do that, you know? Like, because you definitely, I don't feel like you consent to uh, allowing the police to just, like, match up DNA samples, you know? Like, I'm sure, I mean, I'm very sure Joseph never thought this would ever fucking happen. So, I'm assuming people in his family sent in DNA, the spit tubes and everything to these companies. Is that how, cause I'm sure I'm damn sure Joseph did not send it in his own sample. Right. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be that stupid. Right. To like get it on a database somewhere. No, it was, I think it was them kind of grasping at straws being like, Hey, is anyone, any of these DNA come, we have so much DNA that's, and you're only, your DNA is only in the police system. If you either like give it voluntarily or if you've been previously reprimanded. Yeah. And he never had, right? Well, when did they start doing that? Because he would have, I don't know, I guess fingerprints are different. Because when you're a police officer, you're in the system. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Back in the 70s, I don't know if he... That's what I was thinking too. And also fingerprints are different than DNA. Like he could have left DNA, not fingerprints. And they... Right. Like I know my fingerprints are in the database because I think you did it too. That whole thing, that craze. I think we were like, what, five years old or something. It was like late 90s where it's like, if your kids are kidnapped, get their fingerprints so that they're in the system or whatever so yeah mine are in the system i don't yep. think my dna is because i've never been arrested <laughs> i remember doing that too i remember yeah as a kid we went to the local freaking recreational gym that we had yes. in, in the town yeah yeah I remember our event was like you you get it like a free helmet or something and you like do your fingerprints and I'm like why am I doing my fingerprints it was so strange it was it was like an ambulance building my mom did explain it to me she's like if you ever get lost or kidnapped you know I guess it makes sense I don't know she should have told me that but (laughs) yeah right a young age but like damn just giving up my privacy mom thanks yeah so in the family tree DNA chief executive um he did acknowledge that he did give the FBI access complete access um to all the records um but he didn't know it was to find the golden state killer (laughs) they just asked for it and he was just like yeah no questions but he didn't believe that it violated the terms of service and says that in their terms of service it says it may be required to assist in lawful requests by public authorities so but like who reads those yeah so it does say and at least the family tree dna one i don't know about the other ones that if the police request records that they will give it to them it's also said that 
once they started finding a match, they, I mean, obviously started stalking Mr. Joseph and they were going through his trash Mm -hmm. and they were pulling out his trash and they found a used tissue left in his trash that had his DNA on it. And that's how, basically how they matched up the DNA. And I guess it was a perfect match. I mean, you have to be, to be accusing somebody to be the Colden State killer, you could have a pretty strong match, you know? Well, and then he, I think it's in 2018 when he's arrested, he, yeah, in 2018, he said, yeah, I did it. He says, I did all those things. I destroyed all those lives. And he was, I mean, it seemed like he was pretty remorseful for what he did. But he had a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there is, I was just looking and it does look like there were periods of time where he was questioning himself and questioning what he was doing. Like there are some transpondence like, oh, and he also just called to terrorize. So it looks like on December 2nd, 1977, he called, you're never, he called the Sacramento Police Department and said, you're never going to catch me, the East Area Rapist, which was his first name. You dumb fuckers. I'm going to fuck again tonight. Be careful. So he... <laughs> he was taunting it, them. Yeah. But then in January 6th of 1978, he called, he again claimed to be the East Area Rapist and called a counseling service, a local counseling service and said i have a problem i need help because i don't want to do this anymore and then he said i believe you're tracing this call and hung up wow so it's like it's almost two different people like there's plenty of evidence just this whole thing i don't have there's so many of them of him calling and taunting his previous victims taunting police one he called a rapist and said remember when we played and this was in 2001 and he called another of his victims in 1978 just saying, I'm going to kill you, you bitch, you fucking whore. Like, he was calling yeah. and terrorizing. And then amidst all of that, he's saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I need help. So it's like, what is the truth? <laughs> There's something going on mentally. Right. And he didn't plead insanity. Yeah. Which I feel like he knew He knew it was over. <laughs> like, really, he was sentenced at the age of, what, 72? So really, he knows he's already going to die in prison. He looks about fucking 95. God, it looks like his skin is just... Like, when he got taken in, he had, like, some meat on his bones. And then, like, not even two years later, he's, like, like a walking corpse. Yeah, he looks like fucking um, Prince Philip. Yes! Oh my god, he does! In that meme of him driving in in the backseat of the car... Yes. He literally, like this picture of him I'm looking at right now, he has the shield on, which reminds me of um, Joel, uh, guy, Joel Guy <laughs> Joel Jr. He's got the shield on. Yeah. And he, he looks like he's dead. He looks dead. <laughs> well, I probably won't be too long for him, but. So he was arrested on April 24th, 2018, and he was arraigned on August 23rd, 2018 in Sacramento. So that means that's like the first hearing, right? Because they're holding, they've been holding him since April and then he's arraigned being like, okay, we're going to, this is what the trial's going to look like. This is what you're being charged for. Yeah. And then it looks like on March 4th, 2020, he pleads guilty. And if the death penalty was taken off the table, it looks like it was not accepted at that time. So they said no deal. Um, but then on July 29th, as a part of a plea bargain, he really didn't want to die. I don't know why. I mean, he's pretty much dead anyway. He's old. <laughs> 
like why not just be like eh. i mean i feel like he'll die of old age by the time they actually like execute him right and, and he already looks dead so it's just like like what do you want to live for <laughs> yeah right so on june 29th they were like okay they did the plea bargain avoid the death penalty for pleading guilty it was um, in the plea deal he was also required to mention and admit to other multiple uncharged acts that he did things that he wasn't being charged for in his plea deal he was going to admit to right just, uh, so i feel like they the, so that they could close the case yeah i guess i mean i guess so like other women could get closure i don't know mm-hmm. well and I, I think a bunch of victims like chose to speak oh yeah at him and was like fuck you yeah and then finally on august 21st of 2020 was received multiple consecutive life sentences without parole and then yeah. he's been in prison ever since yeah he was sentenced for 13 murders five counts of attempted murder 11 oh. counts of sexual assault and 14 counts of burglary so yeah he got fucked <laughs> but it seems as though i mean really if you were a victim in this you i mean this is probably one of the greatest things that could have ever happened you know mm-hmm. seeing that they caught who it was and he was put away for life knowing that he will never be able to touch you again is probably the best feeling ever i can only imagine or or endanger anyone else which it's so strange because like he just like one year he's like doing all this shit killing people raping people and then the next year he just stops and stops for over 30 years mm-hmm. like that's so bizarre maybe his health didn't allow it anymore maybe he's like <laughs> too old yeah maybe he's like i had my fun i'm done mm-hmm. i don't know it's so strange but thank god for genetic genealogy which is also interesting is that this is the first case that was ever used and from this there's been over 150 convictions identified through genetic genealogy so it seems to be working out pretty well See, I feel like the only people that really have a problem with it are those that are afraid they're going to get caught. Like, see, I've never done anything wrong. So I'm like, do what you got to do to find criminals. Like, I'm fine with it. Why does anyone who hasn't committed a crime care? Right. And maybe it's an incentive to maybe say like, oh, like maybe you're considering about killing somebody. But then you're like, "Um, I guess I won't because my DNA is in the system. Yeah, I yeah I got that ancestry.com shit. Like <laughs> they gonna catch me. Like I already know I'm not gonna get away with it, so I'm not gonna bother. Mm-hmm. Maybe <laughs> but, I don't. I feel like if you're gonna, if you really want to commit a crime, you'll do it no matter what. Honestly. Yeah, right. But, I mean, nowadays it's just like there's a camera on every street corner. Mm-hmm. You're you're not gonna get away with it anymore. Yeah, I mean, like with phones, there are you know they're always listening and watching. Is that conspiratorial? <laughs> oh. Hundred percent. Did we cover but, that already? Well, I think I think what we should talk about is how you're talking about someone, something with someone like smart wool socks. I just said smart wool sock, smart wool yes. socks. I bet you, you and I are both going to get ads for smart wool socks tomorrow. Hundred uh, percent. I'm going to get an Instagram ad for smart wool. Mm-hmm. Watch I, it. I mean, it's crazy. Wait, was I talking to you about that? Yeah, because that's happened to us before where we had a conversation and then we hung up the phone or something and we both got ads for it. Oh my God. I don't remember what it was though, but. Well, didn't you just list something for Smartwall? So that might be something coincidental. <laughs> like you searched oh, yeah. it on eBay, so maybe you're going to get an ad for it later. Well, do you want me to say another brand? <laughs> yeah, say like. Um, Sephora. Sephora. Yeah, like I'm not getting Sephora ads. All right. Sephora. Clearly. <gasps> Sephora. <laughs> That was crystal clear. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll let you guys know next week if we got Sephora ads. (laughs) Yes. 
Oh, you know we will. Mm-hmm. But anyways, to put this case to an end, Megan, it looks like Mr. Joseph D'Angelo is in a wheelchair. It looks like he's not going to be lasting much longer. He's in prison for life, and he's probably listening to this right now. Boo-hoo, I don't care. You can rot. It looks like he is rotting, so. In his final statement in court, um, I guess we can end it with this. He says that he is truly sorry to everyone he has hurt. And that is it. I feel like one time you can be like, oh man, I really fucked up. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I hurt you. After like (laughs) 50, 60 times, it's like, are you really though? Are you you, really? Are you really that sorry? Oh yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. But I'll write to you guys. I think that's all we have today on the Golden State Killer. We hope that wasn't too confusing. I know. I felt like we were spouting a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, we're just like jumping from here to there. But, you know, we got through it. Mm -hmm. We gave you guys the most important bullet points on the (laughs) multiple names of the Golden State Killer. But maybe next week we'll come at you with an easy top 10. (laughs) Yes, everyone loves those. But already, guys, we thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Crime on Tap. Be sure to listen to us on all the major streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, the other ones. We apologize for the Anchor ad that was played (laughs) once again on this episode of Crime on Tap. But like we've said in the past... It's our only sponsor. Mm -hmm. So if you want to hear something else, start a business and then we'll be your sponsor. Right. Also, you could be sharing it with your family and friends. Helping us get more listeners really does help us in getting more sponsorships. More sponsorships so we can sell you guys more things. Yes. (laughs) Oh, and so we can make our quarter penny every episode. Yes, so maybe we'll have a more generous sponsor. Yes, and maybe we'll do some giveaways at that point. (laughs) We don't know. Oh my god, you you get in uh, you get (laughs) wild here. We have to go hit up the Dollar Tree. Yeah, yeah, Dollar General special. Um, But alrighty, guys, we thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. We'll see you guys next time, where where crime crime is always always on on top. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>